So we are a specialist provider of thermal processing, be that thermal processing services or thermal processing knowledge. And what that basically means is we have a facility, we have a site in which we have a number of retorts, both small and large, and using the combined experience that myself and colleagues have, we can offer a range of pre-production, startup production, excess capacity production, uh, runs or processes. We can do validated processes for new products. Uh, we can provide training for you know, retort operators right the way through to actually undertaking your own validation. So it's a whole range of services around the application of heat to food products to extend shelf life and to do it in a safe and structured manner. Such a, to, so that you know, at the end of the process, you would have as a customer of ours uh, an audit sort of robust process or uh, set of knowledge to, to take back to your own, your own unit. So we think we're the only facility in the UK offering all of this with our own equipment on site. Uh, we're not trying to compete or tread on the toes of someone like uh, Camden BRI because they obviously, you know, they're much more into the scientific side of what, why and how bugs are killed at certain temperature ranges. So we are very much more the sort of the practical application of thermal processing. Um, yeah, and, and it's, it's been a fascinating few months. I think having having worked for a number of relatively small food businesses. I mean, you know, although although the Fabulous Baking Boys and the Celtic Bakers in London and, and Shipton Mill are well known, um, they're very they're very singular in their in their approach. So you know, the Fabulous Baking Boys was muffins and flapjacks. The Shipton Mill was flour. Uh, Everfresh was was long life breads, and what I found fascinating about all of those was yes, I ran a small business and I grew brands or created brands, but there came a stage where you weren't actually. I'm a bit frustrated. I want to do something a bit more varied, and when the opportunity came to set up and run the the food incubator, we very we realised very quickly that we would have an incredible diversity of products that would come through us. So we weren't going to be limited to sort of one product type or two product types, you know, whether it's bakery, it's basically, you know, it's either pastries or it's bread, um, albeit as an incredible number of different breads. It, the processes are essentially the same. And I just felt like doing something a bit different and bringing some of my knowledge, not to my own business, but to help other companies really understand what they could do. And also, I think the move to clean label or the desire for cleaner label products is such that thermal processing has a really unique offering in that respect, in that you can, you know, you can do a long shelf life product or a longer shelf life product, be it ambient or chilled, without um, using you know, expensive freezers, which, and you know, the freezer, the, the chill distribution chain is expensive, both manufacturing, transportation, and then 
the retail sale, you know, freezer space is very sought after by so many brands. So if you can give a, a, a good tasting long shelf life product without freezing or pass or preservatives, fantastic. And you know, in the in the short few months that we've been around, we have helped <laughs> some some surprising companies who thought that they were not going to get something that we were able to deliver. And that's been very, very satisfying. And I think the range of products and companies that we're talking to, it's it's just mentally challenging and stimulating. Whereas you know, there's no chance, I think, of getting slightly bored or jaded, <laughs> if that sounds if that sounds sort of logical. I think some of the things that people don't really understand is when you start up a small food business, anything that costs money fills you with sort of abject dread. But, you know, you've got to spend money and you've got to spend it wisely. And I get quite, I used to get quite depressed when I'd wander around some of the food shows and you'd see these quite quirky, funky little brands with some quite interesting products. And you'd look at them and you go, I just don't think you're going to be here next year because you've just spent, I don't know, it's quite a lot to attend a show, 10, 15, 20,000 pounds, which is a, is a huge investment. And then sure enough, next year, they're not around and you never see, never see or hear from them again. And what we find here is that there are some great little companies out there who've got some brilliant ideas but they just haven't got the capital outlay that they need or the capital um, to hand that they need to set up a thermal processing facility. And also when you, when they start, when you start saying, okay, well, it's going to cost you, you know, 2000 pounds to get a validated safe process. And they go 2000 pounds. Oh my God, that's, that's an awful lot of money. We can't afford that. And you go, well, okay. So what happens if you take a shortcut and you have to, have all your products withdrawn from shelf. That's going to cost you a lot more than £2,000. Or if you make someone seriously ill and they come after you because you haven't got a validated process, that's going to cost you a lot more than £2,000. So it's, it's trying to manage startups' expectations so that they end up with a proper process that will take them to the next level. So that's one thing. It, it, it's, it's how you manage startups' expectations. But similarly, you know, it's fantastic when they come along and they just do. You know, they, they bring you know a couple of hundred cans, and then the next time they come around, they say, "Oh, it's gone fantastically well. We bought two thousand cans." It's just an amazing feeling to be a part of that growth, and, and at the same time, knowing often that we've actually been able to improve or enhance their product offering or save them money. You know. There have been a couple of instances where people have come along and they've been pre-cooking their, their product, then sealing it up in a, in, a, in, a, in a pack and then giving it to us. And then we're going, well, why don't you just do it you know, raw in the pack and then we'll cook it for you whilst we, whilst we do the thermal processing? And they've gone, oh, my goodness, you just saved us an entire production process or several days worth of work and no end of cost. And it's and it's fantastic to see. You know, that's that's the sort of the the innovation that we can bring with the knowledge that we have to save them money or save them a process or improve the product. So 
Yeah, there's an awful lot of startups out there, particularly following um, lockdown. I think a lot of people were stuck at home doing thinking, you know, working on ideas, maybe being furloughed or being laid off as a result. But they've thought about during lockdown doing something. And yeah, it's, 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 it's quite refreshing, actually. I think one thing we've found uh, is that a lot of people don't understand the range of products that thermal processing is applied to. And the consumer possibly thinks that frozen and fresh is best. Um, and also a lot of manufacturers have got thermal processing equipment and they just run the process. And they don't necessarily understand what they're doing particularly because the person that did or that had the training or put the equipment in has actually left. And as long as the system runs, they think it's fine. But a bright marketeer will then come up with a way of saving a bit of money by changing the packaging. And no one actually thinks, oh, well, we need to change the thermal process that goes with it. And that could be to the detriment of the product. Either the process is no longer providing the same level of protection or it's because the packaging might be thinner. You're overheating the product. You're over-processing the product and you're actually producing a worse off product. And, you know, we've, we've been to companies where you walk in, you ask a couple of questions, and it's quite clear that people don't know what they're doing. And I think the problem you've got with many companies is that the increase in the number of food safety or food standards or quality standards or auditing standards is sort of combining with a, a, a reduction in the number of people going in as auditing as auditors or auditors with knowledge. So you've got less auditors, more complicated systems, and simple things are getting missed out. Look how many food scares there are or have been at a time when BRC is getting stricter, South is getting stricter, yet we seem to be getting more food scares. And that's that's quite scary. That is quite scary. So you've got limited resources or declining resources, more complicated processing systems, more complicated supply chains, and less oversight and more opportunity for for problems to happen. I mean, you would think there would be less food safety scares now that the food auditing standards are getting stricter and tighter. And in fact, we're seeing more. It's quite that's quite that's quite worrying.